don't ever let somebody else have the keys to your happiness or define you. It, it is, it, this is your life. God gave it to you for a reason. And he put in your heart what is in your heart because he expects you to be in charge of that and live that out. Welcome to Power Up Your Performance, where we talk about how you can learn to think, feel, perform, and live like a champion. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome to the show. This is Kim Peek. I'm a movement and mindset strategist with a passion for running, triathlon, nutrition, and all things fitness. I am also your hostess for Power Up Your Performance, and I am so excited to share my interview with Linda Mitchell. Linda is a 55-year-old award-winning fitness competitor, women's health expert, and an elite obstacle racer. I met Linda a few years ago at a fitness convention and was interviewed on her podcast last summer. Linda's podcast is one of my absolute favorite podcasts for women's empowerment and fitness podcasts. Linda is also an author, podcaster, and fitness studio owner, all under the Sisterhood of Sweat brand. Her book and the studio are all about helping women build confidence and self-esteem and learning to feel 100% great about themselves. Linda is giving listeners a free chapter of her Sisterhood of Sweat book, and I am going to put the link to that in the show notes. Linda also collaborated on the fitness portion of the book, Fat Flush for Life, with mentor and New York Times bestselling author, Anne-Louise Gittleman. And as if that isn't enough, Linda's personal story is one of overcoming obstacles. Time after time, she has been knocked down only to rise stronger. I know that this interview will leave you inspired. But before we get to the interview, I want to remind you to check out my coaching programs for the 5K half marathon or marathon distances. I do one-on-one coaching as well as group coaching, and it has always been my goal as a coach to get my clients to race day happy, healthy, and strong. This is why every program I offer includes more than just a simple training plan. You also get a strength program to help prevent injuries. And one of the favorite things, one of my favorite things that I've been doing with all of my clients is that we incorporate a journaling element each week so that you can see your growth as a runner and as a person. And we work through questions and prompts that you write in your journal to develop a champion's mindset that will get you through your biggest challenges, whether those challenges take place at home, at work, or on the race course. You are amazing. You are strong. You can do whatever you put your mind to. I believe in you. Check out my programs at www.crushingmygoals.com. Now let's get on with the interview with the one and only Linda Mitchell. Welcome to the podcast, Linda. I am so excited to talk to you and have you on my podcast this time. You are such a powerhouse. You have so many things going on all the time. You're so positive. You put so much goodness out into the world of fitness. And I cannot wait to dig into it all, dive in and chat about 
your amazing career in fitness. So welcome. Well, thank you for that beautiful introduction. I'm very <laughs> excited to be here and share with your audience today. So tell us a little bit about how you got started in fitness. You've been doing this for a long time. Yes, uh, quite a long time. And uh, it has been my mainstay. I mean, it has got me through thick and thin. Fitness has been there through every up and down. And it's just, I, I really believe that having good fitness in your life really makes you strong in all ways. And uh, I discovered that as a young girl because my mother suffered from manic depression and she, you know, had uh, lots, of, lots of bouts with depression as I was growing up and she was very suicidal at times and I didn't know sometimes when I would come home from school what I was going to find. And uh, so it wasn't I would say not a super stable environment. I would say I had a good childhood though, with all that considered. My mother was only detrimental really to herself. And um, I didn't understand what was going down. Like I was like, why? I didn't understand why my mom was sad. I didn't understand why she was depressed. I didn't understand the whole mental health aspect, which is you can have, you know, a numerous amount of things wrong chemicals can be imbalanced and and you know back then i think they had pseudoscience they would literally give her shock treatments wow. to make her forget what she was depressed about that's how backwards our science was wow and so i grew up with all these mixed messages i would say and but the message i i knew i was just like i do not i don't know why she's sad but i do not want to be feeling like that myself, I, you know, so I grabbed a hold of fitness very early because I recognized the power it had to lift you up and to, you know, I didn't know the science, but it gave me those endorphins. It lifted my mood and I started working out <laughs> all the time. And I started teaching my friends, like I was teaching them exercises and trying to as a young girl in my teens, I knew I was, I knew that my job was to motivate and I wanted to make everyone happy. So that was probably kind of stemming through all of the adversity with my mother. So that basically set me up for a whole host of things. It made me strong though. And, uh, but just having the manic depression's mother and then, you know, going on, Basically, I, I got abused when I was around eight by a close family member. Um, so I was set up not knowing proper boundaries, I guess, would I would say. And then I fell into this whole marriage, you know, at 18 years old, I married somebody that became physically abusive. So long story short, I basically... If I wouldn't have fit, had had fitness and a God, I would have never made it through all of that to be where I am today, which is not a victim any longer. <laughs> I am, I am victorious. I have plowed through that struggle and I am empowering other women out there to do the same. You truly have an amazing story because you have been through so much and you have learned how to pick yourself up and persevere. I listened to a podcast that you recorded 
with your husband a few weeks ago where you talked a little bit just about your early career and how you had these two young children that you had to figure out how to support before you married your current husband. And you talked about all of the different influences, people who you worked with at different gyms as you learned all of these skills. And it's really just amazing because so many people, I think, would be tempted just to whine or pout or, you know, just take it. And you figured out a way to pick yourself up and become even stronger. Well, (laughs) I had a little help, but I mean, you know, you don't make it anywhere alone. And uh, so I had some amazing friends and, you know, I, I definitely relied on the help of God above and my parents were very helpful, but just to talk a little bit about that time, I literally, I left a bad situation behind because there really was just no other alternative because we were not safe and it wasn't going to change. And I saw that light at the end of the tunnel and I was like, I've got to be responsible when this turned towards my children. That is the week I left. I was like, I have to take us out of this. I don't have anything. I had, I had absolutely nothing. I, I didn't have money. I didn't, I had never worked full time in my freaking life. And I was a stay at home mom and I wanted to, my kids to have one good parent in the household. I didn't want to have to, I didn't want to have to work and because I wanted to be there for them. So when this happened, I was just like, there's just no other choice. I would rather dig ditches for a living than live like this. When I finally just realized this is not the life I was meant to live. This is not what God intended for me or for anyone for that matter. And uh, I came from a very religious background. So I didn't really, I don't think I really, um, I don't think I really recognized that some of that was just things that maybe was from the church. That was mm-hmm. in my, you know what I mean? Like that I don't believe that God intended for any woman to live under somebody's foot as a doormat. And I really came out strong and I probably came out against some beliefs of the, of the church that I was in, I'm sure. But I moved, I moved forward and uh, my first job was at the YWCA and I had quite an emotional moment today because I literally was on the internet and I have no idea why this is 29 years ago. This pops up. It's the YWCA and this lady's receiving an award. She's receiving an award for empowering women. And I am like reading it. And I'm, I'm just like, it took me back to that time when I was scared, when I was afraid, when this was my first full-time job, when I was helping women in a battered women's shelter. And I was helping people that were like homeless and, you know, they may have had addictions. They worked at this place at the Y. They had this social service Goodman Place program. It was the perfect place for me at the time. I really, really believe God watches over you and guides your footsteps. Sometimes you just have to step up, though, and you have to make choices. You know, you have to show him you're ready to move on. And so here I am at this place where I could push a buzzer at any moment. If I needed any kind of protection, the police were there. And believe me, there's times we had to push the buzzer. So I was looking at this lady receiving this award, 
And it was looking back to the time that I was there and thinking of the person that I was then and looking at the person that I am now, it was a blow me away moment because I realized that I am not a cocky person. I realized that what she was reading off about empowering women and helping women to build their confidence and self-esteem through building health. That is what I'm doing. That is what I started doing at the Y. And that is what the woman was receiving an award for. And I was like, I went from this person that starts out no idea what I'm going to do to someone that's opening, that has my own organization for women that it's going to blow people off. It's going to blow everything out of the water. I mean, it's just, it's just at the beginning stages, I can just really see the vision and strong women empowering, achieving together is, you know, sisterhood of sweat. It's what I was trying to do all along, which is I really believe that when you're fit and you're supported and you work on your mindset that you can conquer anything in life. Yeah. And that whole story just gave me chills. That's so amazing. So let's talk about that a little bit. You have a podcast, you have a book, you are all over the place on the internet and you've, you've had a gym in the past, but now you're opening up one that's bigger and better. Talk to us just a little bit about that whole publishing journey and then also how that relates to the gym that you're about to open. Okay. So I really... Uh, I knew I wanted, my mission was women. It's, it's weird how you only get pieces of your vision at a time. And I was working my, I remember it was in the corporate gym world and each gym that I worked at taught me a certain set of skills. You know, like at one gym, I learned how to profile people. Like, you know, that's what we do really on a podcast you, you literally ask questions and you learn about the person. I got so good. I, I never knew. I never wanted to sell. I only wanted to coordinate aerobics. Like if I could coordinate aerobics, I would sell for this guy. He was like a used car salesman, one of my first bosses after I left the Y. And I was like, well, if I have to do that in order to do this, then all right, I'll sell you know, cause I had only been interested ever in just helping people. And I looked at him and I thought, I'll never be able to sell like he does. He would come in and he would close people and you, you know, and then pretty soon I became the closer and <laughs> I was the person. And I just never, you know, it was a necessary evil at the time to me. I never understood how it was going to unfold later. And, um, that along with speed reading, I've always, my, my grandmother taught me how to study and how to get the good out of whatever you read pretty quickly. She was an English teacher hmm. and, uh, I never realized, you know, I knew it was just kind of a freakish skill. It made me unique that I could read a book in an hour and know what it said. Like, <laughs> and so this makes you a really good podcaster because you have, sometimes you only have 15 minutes to learn something about your guest, And sometimes you don't even have any facts about them. So, you know, profiling and being a speed reader became skills that I used. I know this is crazy, but it's kind of leading to what you asked me. No, but it is. It's amazing how 
you don't realize how a path that you took or skills you had in a previous career can relate back to what you're doing now and how you're influencing people now. So I'm totally following this. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so like, it's just a huge, it's a huge picture all the way from the why to that job. And then like, I mean, it's just a huge picture. I just remember each journey I took, I was scared out of my mind. Am I going to make it? Am I going to be able to feed my two kids? Am I going to be able to support us? Am I going to be able to get health insurance? You know, these were fears that were rolling through my mind at the beginning. But by, I guess it was the three and a half year mark after leaving my ex-husband, I had bought my own condo and paid off all the debt I had, you know, and uh, yeah, I mean, and it was still a pretty at a pretty young age. And, um, so, you know, it's just, you don't even realize, you don't even recognize how each little thing unfolds. So how I began to write was literally, I didn't even, I was like, I was 40 and somebody said I was competing in fitness and, um, somebody said, you should write an article about older women competing against younger women. And I was very words were, I'm not a writer, you know? And then I thought to myself, I'll take a stab at it. Why not? And so I wrote a letter to the editor of Miss Fitness Magazine. And that literally became my first article in a magazine. Then I found my voice. Writing really brought my fitness to a whole new level. Besides being fit and empowering people in person, I can empower people through my words. And that was quite a vehicle and quite a gift to learn that you could do, you could do that by writing. And I began writing. I started my own column called fit over 40. And I wrote that for many years. And uh, that's something I didn't know about you. That's very cool. Yeah. For like, for longer than I should, I went into my fifties writing fit over 40. I hung on to that. And, uh, cause I was like any age, 80 is a bit over 40, right? Right. <laughs> Definitely. So, so anyway, this leads me on. So I'm on this journey and, you know, things happen to you and you just make the most out of each thing. And, you know, I literally hooked up with Anne Louise Gittleman, author of the fat flush plan. And she's written over 30 books on nutrition. She's the first lady of nutrition. And uh, many of you may know her and she was my mentor and I wrote her a really passionate letter and I was down. I had torn my ACL. I completely blown it. It was just like, and I was trying to find the gift in that because I was just like, you know, somebody said, you should look for the gift. So I was like, okay, what can I do when I'm down like this that I don't usually do? And I started reaching out to her and asked her, can I teach on their cruise? And they're like, no, sorry, Linda, Linda. Johnny Bowden is teaching. And I was like, oh, okay, thanks, though. I really appreciate you considering me. And I was a little bummed, but I was like, okay, I didn't let it deter me. I took this college course through Clayton College of Natural Health. Okay. It was my first college course. And in it, I literally had to interview Anne Louise Gittleman and Dean Ornish. (laughs) Like, pretend. Mm -hmm. So. I, I was pretending to interview them. So I wrote out my questions for Anne Louise and I wrote out my questions for Dean. And uh, little did I know 
that Anne Louise not only would be on my podcast years later, but she would be my mentor and I would write Fat Flush for Life. You know, like I collaborated on Fat Flush for Life with her. Very cool. All from just, okay, I'll take a stab at it. I'll see what I can do. So you just don't know what, you know, might turn into, you don't know what your obstacle, how it's going to turn around into something like amazing when you have an obstacle. And I'm just going to go further to this point and then I'll take it back to you. I, I literally was in this gym. I was building up my business. I was literally in, it was in, in the name of it was chick fit. This is how I started. I, I just came up with a name while I was there and I was just like, I'm going to call this chick fit. And I'm in this building. I'm teaching a business within a business. And it, it was, it could be rough at times because in a way you're kind of competing for business. So it's not always like they make money off of you, but like sometimes it's not always the best. Mm-hmm. And so things started going a little bit awry and I remember thinking one day and I said it out loud. I was like, well, I can either complain about it or I can do something about it. And I knew that those were like words. Like I knew that those were important words when I spoke them and literally the opportunity came New Year's Eve. I get this, this long email. I get home from like a party we went to. It's like one in the morning. We're no longer keeping private contractors in our facility and we've signed some kind of franchise and blah, blah, blah. So it's your dear John letter in a way. So I cried all night because I had built my business up in there for five years mm-hmm. and it was perfect for my family and my children. I worked everything around and um, I just cried and cried because I didn't want to go back to the corporate gyms because this was more like a niche market where I was mm-hmm. really hitting my stride. And, uh, I literally cried about it, but then I got out and started looking. And the very first thing I found by accident, like was a turf field bigger than the one I was on in a church and a studio, a place that used to be a studio that wasn't. And I was, I could just see the potential and the possibilities. And, and I was afraid, I was afraid. I was just like, Oh my gosh, how am I ever, you know, how am I going to do this? Like, I'm going to run a gym myself, like not for somebody. And, uh, cause I would have just done, if I wouldn't have got kicked out of the nest, I would have just done what I had always done. And so I celebrated the next new year's what I cried about and I still, and I celebrate it cause it's just evolving continually. And then where in that timeline, you wrote a book, the oh, Sister okay. of sweat yeah. book. Yep. Tell us a little bit about your book. Okay. So the whole thing is like, I never realized how much this was going to evolve. And I was literally, I had, you know, was wanting to write a book and I was going to write it with someone else. And then that didn't work out the way that I planned. And I signed up for this book course and I was just like, well, I'm going to write, I'm going to write the book like on my own. And that is the way it was meant to be because as I started writing, things just started pouring out. And the title I had was Women Well Made (laughs) at the time. And it just wasn't the title. Like 
when I started writing Sisterhood of Sweat, like came in big, bright and bold to me. And I was just like, because I wanted my book to be all about helping women build confidence and self-esteem through building health. So they wouldn't go through the things even remotely close to anything I had ever gone through. So they would have the tools that they needed and the confidence and the empowerment. So they wouldn't end up in a bad relationship or a bad job for that matter. And then now this has evolved to what in a couple of weeks, 30 days, you're opening even a bigger and better gym that is all your own, right? Talk about that. Yeah. So I'm in my small gym and I, I remember I, I left a lot out in between all this because there's just too much, you know? So I was literally in the small gym and, and I prayed because I knew I was playing small. I was literally new. I was just like, I was like, God, you know, I'm capable of so much more than this. Because when I was at the other gyms working for other people, I had hundreds of people. Like I literally had people having to mark where they put their steps down to get in the class. And we had to have a second yoga class because there were like 50, 60 bodies in the first one. And we didn't have enough room for anybody. So we had to have, you know what I mean? Like right after that one had to be, you know, and just, it was just beyond belief. And I'm like, here I am, I'm in my, you know, in my small little studio where it's safe and I'm in my comfort zone. And I'm like, I know I'm capable of so much more. So I said the prayer and then bam, it's the place sells. And the new owner raises triples of the rent. So you're like, oh, whoa. I was sitting in the, and he came in and he, the way he was, I just knew. And I, I just, five minutes, I turned my husband, no, this is just not. And I said, I'm going to have to go big or go home. And that was it. And I knew that was another like time. You're just, I spoke it out. I knew it was a pivotal moment. And I was like, okay. And so I thought about it long and hard and I got confirmation in my spirit and my soul that this was what I'm supposed to be doing. So not only did we take the big space, but now we're leaping into the second space next to it. So it's, it's definitely go big or go home for sure. I saw the video you posted, I think yesterday where you yeah, were that's just the first doing the paint swatches and you were pointing to the door showing, we're going to have this space over here too. It just seems also very, very exciting. So I'm excited for you and can't wait. Yeah. Super see excited. The, see the finished product. So you yeah. are, I think just an incredible story about somebody who gets knocked down repeatedly and you get back up every single time stronger than ever. And I know that we talked when I was on your podcast, we talked about the importance of everybody, everybody has a story and we need to tell our stories. Why do you think it's important for people to hear your story? Well, I knew the day when this happened to me, it was just pivotal because I had come up with the title for our podcast before you even asked me to be on the podcast. I just came up with this title and I'd written it down. And then all the other, you know how that's, how that happens. All the other things just start unfolding. And I literally was just, you know, uh, you know, turning obstacles 
and the opportunity, you know, there are opportunities in disguise a lot of times. So your, your struggle is like always when you, when you look at it, look at the story that's going to come out of it. If you buckle down and just make it through, you know, you know, like when we're talking about stories, I literally today, when I, when that happened to me and I was reading this story, I saw a girl that I had helped while I was there and she literally is living a great life now. And I just knew that my story somehow just was going to reach out and touch someone today that needed it. And that, that why that is just deep inside of me that I want to help other women to just be empowered to not ever like your dreams matter, you know, and just because maybe you're married to somebody that has a bigger paycheck or, you know, you, you know, a lot of times as women, I think we shrink back and I don't think that that is our role. I think we're supposed to shine. And that is what I want to help all women do. And the reason why I think it's important to tell your story is because when you do tell it, you help other people that need to hear it. And maybe they can only hear it from you. Maybe you have the solution to their problem. What do you tell somebody? I think what you're saying is so important. What do you tell somebody who maybe is in just a bad situation or they've had it beaten into their heads so many times that their ideas are stupid or somebody tells them that they're worthless? What do you tell that person who's so afraid to take that first step? Fear fades when you face it. When you face it straight on, like it it begins to fade. And when you know the truth of what it is, which is just intimidation, then you, you become a little bit less afraid if you just step out in faith. I know that sounds probably a little cliche, but when I realized my worth, I think realizing your worth is a huge part of it. When I realized my worth and my value, it was easier to stand up. And you know what? You think that you're never going to face things like that in life. You think that like when you get married, that's your partner. You're not going to have to stand up and to them. Oh, yes, you are. Even in a good marriage, you have to learn to stand in the gap for yourself and I just don't believe, and I'm going to say this again. I don't know why this word keeps coming out. Somebody must need to hear it. I don't believe women are meant to be anybody's doormat. So when when you were talking earlier, one thing that popped into my mind was it brought me back to over the summer, my daughter, who's a senior in high school now. So last summer, she took a summer program, a summer film program. And at the end for their final they created a documentary about women in film. And they interviewed women who were either early in their stages of their career working in film or maybe graduate students. And one of the quotes from the women in film that keeps coming back to me, it kind of relates to what you're talking about. She said that women are learning that we don't need to have somebody make a space at the table for us. We are capable of making our own table and then bringing in the people that we want to collaborate, the people that want to work with us, that we want to work together with. And I think that's such a great way of thinking it, you know, about, about just even a lot of the things that happened to you, you know, getting kicked out of your gym, having your rent raised, 
all right, boys, I'm not playing that way anymore. I'm going to make my own gym. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to fill it with people who understand this female empowerment thing. Yeah. And, and it's also a little crazy and surreal when I recognize the fact that where I used to slave away 60 hours plus a week, 60 to 70 hours a week, when I first was, you know, supporting us fully in the way that I needed to, to, to have a house and everything on my own. I, I literally am in the same, on the same street. My business is going up in prime retail space on the same street that I worked at and was, you know, 60 hours a week plus. So that I felt pretty like, wow, that's a significant round circle moment. Definitely. Definitely. And then one of the things that we talked about a little bit is knowing what your purpose is. What does that mean to you? What is your purpose? And, and why should women even know what their purpose is? Because it's the, it's the dry, it's the gas and the fuel that drives the bus. If you know what your why is, I mean, that is like, to me, that is everything. And today that just reconfirmed straight to the heart, what my why is. And I think it's just really important. If you, if you don't know your purpose, it's almost like not knowing what your goals are in fitness. How could you ever reach them if you don't set any goals? Like knowing your purpose is the first thing you need to know before everything else, I think. Like, I mean, somewhat. Mm-hmm. Like, if you if you know that, then you can work from the end goal, you know, up to that. Right. And uh, I always kind of had an idea, and it just the vision just kept growing stronger and stronger. And I think you have to really get alone sometimes and just really seek out that why and just meditate and just really see what comes to you. I'm, I really got alone at, with God and just to see what, what, what was going to come, what was coming to me. How could I serve others? How could I help other women? And I literally had that in my heart way back when I was in the Y. I, I remember wishing, I was like, someday, like, because I was watching these women that were abused in the shelter, and I was just like, I don't want to sit in my story. I wanted to help them move out of their story and get a new story. And I was like, someday I'm going to help women. I'm going to empower. I'm going to help women. I'm going to do something to empower women. I knew I didn't have the resources or the tools at the time, but I do now. So it's really, I think, just what's in your heart? What is your why in your heart? And there's no wrong or right about it. You know, women are made to be feel selfish sometimes for what they want or who they are. And you know what? That dream and that purpose is put in your heart for a reason. You know, it's your why. So maybe somebody else won't understand it. That doesn't mean you should have to give it up. Very, very good point. That's a very good point. One thing we did not talk about is that you are also a fitness competitor. Is that what you call it? A fitness or a figure? Or is it I did, I've done it all. Fitness, figure, bikini. <laughs> okay. So tell us what that is. And then about the commitment that it takes to get ready to pose like that on stage. So I started off just, I was coaching somebody and I really saw that the nutrition piece was really important 
to dial in. And I remember thinking, well, I should probably go and because I got her, I think she placed my first competitor I coached placed eighth in the USA, 14th in the world. <laughs> and Great, I thought, man. I thought, you know, I should go check that out further and see all the ins and outs because I really like, I really love, I really love to coach people. I love helping people get results. That is how I just love helping people. And so that lights me up inside. And so I started, I started into it that way. And I just fell in love with, I love the discipline. I love going for the goal. I love the empowerment. I love the journey. And you basically, uh, in fitness, it's, it's a routine. So I had, I taught myself how to do all these strength moves and splits and gymnastics at 40 years old. I had no clue about any of it. I had never taken dance gymnastics. I just wanted to achieve and I just hoped to qualify. I never realized it would go this far. <laughs> wow. And that is something I love about you though, is it seems like every time you have an idea that you get excited about it, that you get excited about, you just go and you learn and you figure it out. And you're always, well, I mean, we always fall and we never, sometimes we fall short of our goal, but you are not afraid to just go for it and be successful and learn how to do whatever it is that you're trying to do. Okay. So that leads me to a key point in my book. Awesome. Give yourself permission to suck until you don't. Yes. 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 Whenever you start something new, Unless sometimes you do take to it like a duck in water, there are things. But most of the time, when you start something that's a lofty goal and you start new, you're going to suck at first. So you got to give yourself permission to suck until you don't, because you won't always suck. Just at the beginning, when you're learning, that's the hardest. You have to be able to, like I have, I've had women come in the studio where like one woman, you know, was always feeling like she was last on every like thing we did. And the other lady was feeling intimidated because I got to, I'm not going to lie. The day she came, I had the superhumans there. It was mm-hmm. competitors. It was personal trainers. It was crazy off the hook. Um, not your normal boot camp. And she was trying, she was comparing herself to others, which is a no, no and trying to put herself up and keep up. So she said to the other girl, this is intimidating. Don't you think like, I can't keep up with all that. And that girl said, well, she says, I don't worry about all that. I just want to get in shape. So she focused and stayed in her own lane and didn't worry about who was doing jumping jacks and burpees at the speed of light. The other girl shot herself right out because she compared herself to others and she expected herself to what? not suck (laughs) on her first day. So literally she didn't come back. She left after the 10 minute run. (laughs) Oh, that's a sad story, but it's a true story. So what the epiphany here is, is that the one girl lost 70 pounds with me and got six pack abs and she's still with me today and she's going to be teaching in my new gym. Yay. So what? She was the last one back on every round once. Is she now? Hell no. She's the leader. She's the leader and she's going to be teaching class. So I think if you just realize that everybody has to have their first day and all these people that are doing burpees at the speed of light didn't do that the first time they came to class. 
and give yourself some grace, you know, no matter what it is you're doing. I'm using fitness as an analogy, but literally whatever it is you're doing, you're going to get better at it. Yeah. So I think that this is a common theme that, like you said, somebody must need to hear because I think it's shown up in about three of my recent podcasts where we talk about giving yourself permission to suck. You have to understand that you don't have to be perfect at things the first time, that you can fail, that that's part of the learning process. So I think that that is super important. And then another thing that I know is a big point with you that keeps coming up is learning how to keep those naysayers out of your head. What do you say when somebody wants to doubt you or doesn't believe in you? What do you what's your approach? Well. The first thing is, is, is to realize that they can't see themselves doing that. That's Very probably true. one of the biggest reasons that they're saying that to you. And the second thing is sometimes they don't want you moving ahead. So there's a little competition there. People can yeah. be competitive. It's, you know, keep up with the Joneses. But the third thing is, you know, they could be just a little like, afraid you're leaving them behind and they don't want, they just don't want you to leave them behind. I, it, it can be all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. There could be jealousy. There's a lot of reasons, but don't get too hung up on the reasons. You just got to realize that they're coming from this space over here and you have to define yourself. Don't ever let somebody else have the keys to your happiness or define you. It is, it's, it, this is your life. God gave it to you for a reason. And he put in your heart what is in your heart because he expects you to be in charge of that and live that out. Not somebody else. Nobody should, don't let them in your head. Your head is your space. You've got to fill it with good, positive thoughts, strong, like empowering words. And the way you talk to yourself is equally important. So when someone says to you, I'll just give you a few instances. Um, You shouldn't compete at all. You know, you're 40 years old. Are you joking me right now, Linda? You shouldn't be competing. (laughs) That was one. Nice. Yes. And I didn't really start. Like, I I did great in my 40s, but I really hit my stride in my 50s. over the top. And, um, and, and then, you know, somebody else is like, Oh, you'll never have a career in fitness because I couldn't do ballet. Like I couldn't do ballerina moves. I'm an athlete. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. (laughs) I'm an athlete in 10 minutes of her trying to teach me ballet. (laughs) She's like, you know, and trying to teach me this other dance thing that I had never done before. Now I could do it. But then I was just like, what the heck? She's Mm -hmm. all over the place, you know? And um, so, like, don't let what someone says to you, like, deter you. I mean, when I started podcasting, I literally am so enthusiastic about whatever I do. And I was, like, so excited to do it. And I went to this gal and I was just like, I want to be on your podcast. Would you have me on? And she was kind of like, what are you talking about? Oh, podcasting is not a thing anymore. She said to me. Well, shows that she didn't know a whole heck of a lot, huh? Podcasting is not a thing anymore. And I was like, okay. I didn't let that deter me. I started my own podcast 
And then it wasn't too long before she was calling me and like sending me emails wanting to know, how did you get a sponsor? How did you do this? How did you do that? So oh, like, I love it. Like, this is the thing. Flip that switch. Don't let that negativity get in your mindset. Focus on the positive always. Negativity never serves you. And just, you know, put it where you think it's coming from. Put it on the shelf. And focus on what it is you want to do. Don't let anybody stop you from what you want to do. So the name of this podcast is Power Up Your Performance. And my tagline is where we learn to think, feel, and perform like champions. So I would like to know two things that you think are traits or characteristics that people with a champion's mindset have. They overcome obstacles when they get in their way. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Because really there's nothing, there's no perfect route. And, and then also when they hit an obstacle, they turn that into an opportunity. They see it in a different, they flip that switch. Yeah. I think that's something that we've talked about in the past too. I know that you are good at doing this. And it was the same perspective I had when I was going through breast cancer treatment, which was the hardest thing I've ever done in my life. But instead of feeling sorry for myself, I wanted to make sure that I was looking at it from how can I use this experience to help other people? And I think even now I'm like three and a half years out from all my treatment and surgery, I still have issues with pain. And that's part of what drives me to learn more about how the body works because there are so many people out there who think they can't exercise or can't do whatever because of a symptom that they have from a treatment. And so I kind of do the same thing that you do, I think, where we try to turn that obstacle into how can we serve other people with what I've learned from my own experience? Well, I think you focus, if you focus on what you can do, that's the thing. Instead of, instead of saying to yourself, because it's typical to do, like I just, you know, had my hamstring reattached and that was quite the injury. I'm, you know, I, I can't even say enough about that, but it's typical to be telling yourself what you can't do anymore. If you flip that switch, instead of focusing on what you used to be, what you used to be able to do and what you can't do anymore, and you just focus right in front of you. On what you can do now. Yes, yes. What you can, what can I, what can I do? What can I do now? And then you start doing each thing now that you can do. Pretty soon you're like, oh, here I am. I can do the things that I thought I was never going to do again. Very, very true. Now, is there anything that you wanted to talk about today that I forgot to ask you? Is there anything else you want to say for your parting words? Ah, we're all sisters, guys. Rock on. Sweat hard. Get out there and get it. And you're worth everything. Invest in yourselves because it will pay off. I love it. Thank you so much for being on my show. We are going to have to look back at the video that we recorded while we're doing this (laughs) because I would tell you, you are glowing the whole time that we are talking. You are... (laughs) I think just doing it right, living life the right way and going after everything that 
that you can dream of. And I think it's amazing. And you're such a great role model for so many women. So thank you very much for being here. Well, thank you so much for those kind words. And I truly, truly love everything you're doing, Kim. Oh, thank you. Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen. I'm Coach Kim Peek of Power of Run, and you can find me at www.crushingmygoals.com or on all social media as at sign Power of Run. If you liked this episode, be sure to give the podcast some love over on iTunes and remember to subscribe. As a new podcast, your reviews and stars and subscribes will help me grow the audience so that I can share my love of health and fitness and bring more experts to the show. Power up your week, and I will catch you next Tuesday.